Welcome to the Lindsay Holder Podcast. Gain tips on how to run a successful small business, as well as how to keep yourself looking good while you do it. Here are your hosts, Lindsay Holder Reinhardt and Ashley Rinkin. Have you ever thought about facial acupuncture? Did you know it can help with premature wrinkles, existing wrinkles, and even scarring? You may be a few sticks away, (laughs) pun intended there, from improved skin, all in a natural, organic way. So this is a very special episode. I actually started my aesthetics career with Dr. Marina, our guest today, as her lead esthetician. So I am to this day, so grateful for everything I learned from working in our practice, both in the aesthetics industry, but also in business. She is an incredible businesswoman, as well as a practitioner. It is really rare, actually, that you can call one of your former leaders, one of your best friends to this day. So that is a testament to her character and the type of person she is, which to me is just like, so caring, beyond generous. I think she's just brilliant. I love talking to her. It's so much fun. <laughs> you will learn so much from just 10 minutes being with her. And overall, she's an incredible and an amazing friend. So thank you, Marina, for just always being there for me. A little bit about Dr. Marina Ponton. She has been a doctor of acupuncture and oriental medicine in private practice since 1998. Her practice focuses on helping others achieve and maintain their optimal health through acupuncture, functional medicine, herbs, supplements, and nutrition. Dr. Marina's belief in healing the body through natural methods has led her practice and lecture in the United States, Sweden, and Holland. She has studied at the American University of Paris, FAMU University in Prague, University of Miami, Atlantic Institute of Oriental Medicine, and Oregon College of Oriental Medicine. Wow. (laughs) Can you say wow? (laughs) Dada Marina has a doctorate in acupuncture and oriental medicine with a specialization in women's health and longevity medicine. Dr. Marina has a doctorate in acupuncture and oriental medicine with a specialization in women's health and longevity medicine. Dr. Marina is an exceptionally talented natural health practitioner and well-recognized lecturer who is passionate about educating clients on the importance of incorporating natural health modalities into their everyday life. Some of her specialties include pain management, women's health and fertility, digestive disorders, chronic fatigue, environmental diseases and mental and emotional disorders. She is bilingual in English and Spanish. So let's get started on today's episode. I'm so excited, dedicated to facial acupuncture and learn from Dr. Marina how this procedure can do wonders for your skin. On a side note, it's also fun to like watch this procedure. So head to my Instagram, which is at Lindsay R. Holder. That's Lindsay R. Holder and watch the facial acupuncture happen in real time. (laughs) Today we are talking about facial acupuncture and I just had it all over my face with Dr. Marina. So that wasn't bad. I didn't think that was bad at all. Yeah, I think people have an expectation of it being a lot worse than it is. I admit I was a little nervous (laughs) coming over, but I will say people don't know this. 
you've needled me many times in the past. Yes, for other <laughs> so, reasons. Yeah. Yes. So I felt completely, you know, confident and comfortable with you. And I know that you're honestly so smooth with your needles. Well, you really you. are. I so I thought it was pretty simple and easy and pleasant. And I was comfortable. I could yeah. totally relax after having the facial acupuncture for like, what, 30 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really excited about this podcast. There's so many questions that I have. So we're going to dive right into it. And the first one was, I'm just curious about the history of facial acupuncture. Like, when did it become popular? Where did it originate from? I have no idea. <laughs> That's a great question, because I think a lot of people don't. And the way I like to describe it is not so much like dates and times or things like that, but to really kind of get the cultural development of it. I think especially now that K-beauty, Korean beauty is so popular and you see on YouTube and Instagram and all over the place, these ideas of glass skin. Years ago, they used to call it porcelain doll skin. So in Asian culture in general, particularly in East Asian culture, skin is a big deal and it has been forever really, because culturally in general in Asia, it's a sign of sort of beauty, health, wealth. They, you know, for those of you who've ever traveled to Asia, you'll notice that they tend to like definitely don't tan. They don't go in the sun because the whiter, brighter Asian skin in general is, you know, when it was still imperial empires was considered to be wealthy because back in ancient China, only the wealthy could stay indoors. The people who worked on the farms and whatnot were out in the sun. So it kind of emerged out of this idea of glass, doll, porcelain skin. So it's been around for centuries. And I would say modernly, it's become more popular in the United States, probably in the last 10 years or so, mm-hmm. even though it's been done much early, like it's been done here a long time. But as far as like seeing celebrities do it and, yeah. you know, and talking about the 18 steps of Korean skin and you know, oh, know all that right? kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And that's a big part of facial acupuncture in the sense of traditionally, there are many Many aspects to it. And people in Asia also start taking care of their skin much younger, you know, than... Oh, they, really? Yeah. Like like teenage Mother, or... Mothers are teaching little girls at five, about... Five years old? <laughs> taking care of their skin and, you know, like, yeah. I mean, obviously at a five-year-old level, but the idea is discussed right. much earlier, you know, skincare wow. products. Yeah, it's much, much earlier. And they start doing levels of procedures. Like, you'll hear a very common statement in East Asia of, like, in your 20s and 30s, you do facial acupuncture. And as you get into your 30s and 40s, you look into microneedling lasers. Like, as you get older, you step up in your Mm -hmm. sort of your procedures, so to speak. But they also say that if you start earlier, you don't need procedures. So this is also this idea of maintenance and taking care of your skin and preventing your skin from aging. Right. And, you know, facial exercises, gua sha, facial cupping, all those things are big and they do it very young. They do it very young. Mm -hmm. Yes. I do something almost to my face every night. Yeah. I rotate and what I do but in my 40s. Mm-hmm. So I need all the tools. Bring yes. <laughs> all the tools, bring all the things. That's definitely. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So what exactly is it doing? So there's the sort of the Western medicine way to, to explain it, which is it's creating sort of a micro trauma to the face. Mm-hmm. It's And by doing that, you're bringing a lot of blood flow. You're helping boost collagen and elastin and all that kind of stuff. But in Chinese medicine, it's looked at very differently in the sense of it's much more than that. It's way deeper. There's a whole way to diagnose 
dose in uh, this medicine based on your face. And every area of the face has meaning. And, you know, like there's the forehead is divided into different areas and mean different things. And there's multiple maps mm. depending on which sort of lineage or training in facial acupuncture you do of where, you know, you'll see this. A lot of people Google it. I'll hear that from clients about how, like, I heard this is, you know, hormonal, this area and this area is your, you know, your digestion. And I depend. Don't you love Google? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, God. Yes, I call it Google University. Yeah. <laughs> and, but often I'll tell them though, it depends on the map and who you're talking to and what you're looking for. Cause there are multiple styles and maps. And that's also like in my training, my first facial acupuncture training was when I was still training in school in the nineties. And I was trained by this Japanese woman who was a dermatologist. And so it was very different than what are more popular styles that we see now being taught in schools because Hmm. she just had a different point of view. And this is what she learned in her family. And I got really fascinated with it then. It's much more aggressive. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, it's definitely a much more aggressive style, but it's more for a particular type of skin problem, like sagging skin, muscle, you know, atrophy, things like that. You know, so it all depends. And then I've learned multiple other styles over the years because for me, I really like to do based on what I see in the skin because not every style is for every skin type. As you well know, in aesthetics, you know, oily skin, dry skin, I mean, all that means different things and you have to treat the skin differently according to what they have going on. And then on top of it, you have what the woman is worried about or the man is worried about. You might go, ooh, that, we got to fix that. And they don't even notice it. (laughs) They're more obsessed about it and you're like, oh, that's not even a problem. Okay, that's your problem. (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. Right. So that's always fun. So the benefits collagen, elasticity. Yes. And so from a Chinese medicine perspective, it's also a reflection of your health in general. I tell people all the time you are what you eat, what you drink, what you think, what you sleep, you know, all these kinds of things. And your face is a reflection of that. And I think that's why in Asian culture, there is this emphasis of having this perfect face because it's also showing I have great health. I have great, like I am robust. Does it make sense? It's not just money and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's also like, take care of myself. I take care of myself, that kind of thing. You know, acne showing up in different areas does mean something internally. You know, is it more digestion? Is it more hormonal? Is it, you know, where lines show up show like an interesting thing I often will tell clients. There's one aspect of facial acupuncture where they actually divide the face up by age and they say whether you have a scar or a mark that like a mole or something is considered lucky. Anything on the skin that pops up is looked as lucky. Anything that goes in is looked at as sort of like unlucky, so to speak. Like a dent dent, So then there's a map where they do the face by age. And so the 50s is around your lip line. Most of the 50s. (laughs) So like my teacher years ago would go look at, she goes, oh, you have to look. You know, if they're older than 50, did they have a hard decade of health, stress or whatever, based on lines around the lips, that kind of thing. Or if they're younger than 50, you want to say, hey, let's work on this because this is an area where it might, you might get more creasing. That whole blog post that you, or a Facebook Facebook post about sipping, about the straw, straw, that's a big deal in Asia. You don't don't see straws very much. You don't. So what I did, so people don't. Knows we have a private Facebook group. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, no, I want them okay, to join. Okay, I want I them like, to join. Oops. No, please join. I'll put the link in the show notes. But one of my posts was before you ask for that straw, just remember that overuse of it because you're, you're, you're stretching. Using, yeah, you're stretching mm-hmm. those muscles over and over and over. You're decreasing in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, the wrong direction. You're decreasing the elasticity, um, collagen. And interestingly enough, the same day, I guess my mom and I are in sync because she's not on my Facebook group, but we took a walk and she 
was talking to me ironically about straw. She goes, by the way, don't use a straw. Oh, I got a new water bottle. Yeah. She goes, take the lid off. She didn't give me a chance. <laughs> she said, take the lid off. Look at my mouth. Mm-hmm. It's because I've used straws on my mouth mm-hmm. all my life. And I said, oh my gosh, mom, I just posted about this. She goes, it's true. And I immediately looked and she does have those, yeah, those lines. Little fine lines. She does. Smokers so, get them. Smokers. You know, she's never idea. smoked. No, but, so, like, but people think it's straw. only smokers, but yeah. straws do it too. So she made a good point too. She mm-hmm. said the water bottles that we love that mm-hmm. have the built-in straws, mm-hmm. you need to take the lid off of that too. Absolutely. So yeah. confirmed by Dr. Marina. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's really cool. One of my questions here was, you know, does it hurt after we, you know, get it done? And I wanted to say no. I don't feel like it hurt me. Would other people feel it more based on, let's say they're not as healthy or could there be somebody? That's a really good question. It varies in the sense of most of the time it doesn't hurt. And especially with facial acupuncture in the sense of you're not looking to go very deep. You know what I mean? You're, You're purposefully doing a more superficial needling technique. So it's not going very deep, so it shouldn't really hurt. But then again, you know, a lot of people are very nervous and stressed and tense. And so if you're laying there stressed and nervous, then your face is tight. And then, yeah, you might feel it, that kind of thing. Often people who are needle phobic, I usually oh, joke and yeah. say, when you were a little kid, someone gave you a shot and said, this won't hurt. You <laughs> lied to me. <laughs> that's and true, so forevermore, <laughs> you're like anti-needle. And yeah. that's usually people's fears is because, so I'm usually pretty honest with people if I'm going into an area like this might feel weird because that's more often what it is. It's not that it's so much that it's painful. Sometimes with the facial acupuncture, it might just feel weird because you're just like, your skin's going, what are you doing to my face? And you know what I mean? But it's not like a, Ow, pain. It's just no. a, a sensation that's it's, a little different. Yeah. And the needles are so small. So tiny. And so so let's talk about that. Like how yeah, small are they? Yeah, really like, let's see, for those of you who might be listening who know about gauges of needles, like your typical hypodermic is, you know, any, let's say is 20, because as the needle numbers go higher, they're smaller. So they're in the 20s, usually things that are used for shots and injections. And most of the time we are using for facial acupuncture needle gauges that are in the upper 30s or low. 40. So it's like hairline. Yes. Thin. Like they can be 0.16 of a millimeter thick. Okay. I mean, it's just super tiny, thinner than a lot of people's hair. So I saw that different needles were placed and I'll post a picture about this on the, you know, we looked at the needles. So mm-hmm. what are the different needles for? Like the different thicknesses for? Yeah. So sometimes you're going through an area where the muscle is going to be a little bit more resistant. So you need a slightly thicker needle to be able to get through okay. sort of that area. Mm-hmm. And then other areas, you really want a very tiny insertion and you just want to kind of nitpick a small area or you're going to put multiple needles in an area. So you want a super, super thin needle so that you can do more like sort of fine work. That makes sense. I always wondered like why there are different yeah. types of needles. Most of the time, the needle also, the depth is more sort of subcutaneous sort of like laying along the skin versus trying to go perpendicular in. So more often than not, the needles are short as well. Not only really thin, but they're not more than about a half inch long. Although sometimes you do use longer needles when you're trying to do multiple sort of muscle areas or right. something like that and you're doing something a little bit longer. Okay. But you're not going like straight in. That oh, yeah. yeah. Right. You're going like along a line. Now, is it okay if you bleed? Yeah, it is okay if you bleed. I think that's a big misconception that you should never bleed with acupuncture, that kind of thing. But you don't bleed a lot. That's the other thing. It's not like you get a cut and you're like you like you do when you get a shot. Because the point of an acupuncture needle is much more similar to a sewing needle, whereas like a hypodermic needle is actually a serrated cut edge. So you'll Mm. get like a pin drop 
of blood. You'll get like just or a little or a couple of drops. And that's usually all you get unless, you know, you're doing something particular. There are Mm -hmm. some acupuncture techniques, generally not on the face, though. They're done in other parts of the body where you do want it to bleed a little bit more than that. But that's not like a cosmetic treatment. It's a different treatment style. Now, with somebody who has diabetes or any kind of health conditions like that, would they typically be bleed more? Or? Yeah, well, the people who are on any kind of blood thinner okay, or taking blood. the baby aspirin a day, that kind of stuff, they have more tens- They will have more of a tendency to bruise, not necessarily bleed, you know, from the acupuncture yeah. points or whatnot. I take a baby aspirin every day. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't so, mean you can't do it. It's just okay. you might bruise more I easily. I may bruise slightly. Yeah. Or the That's retinols. Good to like know. if they're using the I take real, retinols too. But if they do the really, really strong retinol prescription strengths where your okay. skin gets really, really thin, mm-hmm. sometimes they can also bruise. The risks are pretty minimal as far as bruising. It's usually those kinds of situations, although you never know. Some people just bruise easy, you know, that kind of thing, and they just have a tendency to bruise. Hmm. And some of the areas like, you know, around your eyes that can get kind of like in the sort of crow's feet area, there's lots of little tiny capillaries and things like that there. So what do you do if there is some blood? What do you... Yeah, you you just, you know, you use your Q-tips and things like that to clean it up. It doesn't take a lot. Okay. It's just, you know, it's usually just a couple drops. If there's bruising... You don't need to put a band-aid over it. No. no. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's yeah. not that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's really a very little bit. The bigger risk would be bruising than bleeding. And sometimes you can get a larger bruise. And so you'll put some, usually a homeopathic cream to kind of help it from bruising badly or anything like that. Those are usually your older, mature women with fairer skin who tend to have very you know, just easily bruising skin, that kind of stuff. But although it can happen with anyone, but we're not terribly worried about it because it's part of what we're doing is trying to create that microtrauma. That's true. And you want, so sometimes the bruising actually elicits a really good result because the body's all worried about it. And you're like, it's working. And I'm like, yay. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of a weird thing, but it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing at all. That's okay. Good to know. So just keeping on that same track. So who should not get, oh, no, 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 but on that same track, more things about facial acupuncture that people probably don't think about that are important are things like it's a lot of stimulus to the head. So you don't want to go on an empty stomach. You want to be well fed, you know, because you could get woozy or lightheaded, you know, like if you're doing like intermittent fasting and you do it late in the day and you're really tired, you know, that kind of stuff. You, you So you want to like not have a blood sugar issue, that kind of thing, because it is if you have a tendency for headaches and different things like that or just heads, you know, kind of stuff. Most of the time, totally fine, not an issue. But on occasion, there are those people, if they're not well hydrated and haven't eaten well, that they could get a headache mm. or something like that. That's a common thing. So I often will make, you know, kind of like I feel like the food police sometimes and I always have snacks because just in case because oh, people are were you know oh I just ran here from work and I oh. haven't eaten all day and I'm like oh here's a here's, snack here's a snack <laughs> yeah because that could be an issue you know more often or more frequent to deal with than actually like bleeding or bruising or that kind of stuff and then to get up really real fast sl- really and, slow after the yeah, procedure so like, yeah, too. if you get up real fast you could yeah. be lightheaded yeah. that kind of stuff so okay. I always like let people linger and not rush and take your time getting up that kind of thing because it's a lot of blood up to the face that's true oh know, that kind of I, thing i didn't put that together <laughs> that's okay most people don't that's why. but that makes sense so that kind of goes along with like the contraindications mm-hmm. and who should well it's not that they can't get facial acupuncture right. they just need to take steps to make need it a better aware. yeah yeah there better really procedure to- aren't many people who can't get facial acupuncture it's probably the safest skincare procedure pregnant you ladies could do. can pregnant ladies nursing. probably shouldn't do it in general because you shouldn't do it, and I mean, like in pregnancy. But you've—I mean, I've seen plenty of famous people 
on Instagram with needles in their face when they're pregnant. I mean, it's not like you can't. But well, you if just... it's on Instagram, <laughs> you we know, know that you right, can do it, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> but I'm saying like you still can, but you kidding. need to be extra cautious, right. you know, that kind of stuff. Right. But there's no real like you can't, you have this, absolutely not. You should never do that. Because part of what it's doing is actually trying to fix the body as well and oh. trying to treat the inside. What if they're nursing? Could they do it if they're nursing? Um, yeah, or? nursing you could do it because it's not changing anything that would affect, mm. you know, mother's milk or any of that kind of thing. Okay. Um, it sounds like just pregnant. Yeah, pretty maybe. much. Or if you have some kind of very unusual bleeding disorder okay. you know, or bruising disorder, that would be What it. about if you had just gotten out of surgery or anything like that? Like there needs to, you know, because yeah, that's a good question. Prior to surgery. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would say in my career, I don't think people think about getting facial acupuncture unless beauty is part of their business. You know what I mean? The everyday person. Um, unless you're a celebrity where it's part of your business, they would probably think to get acupuncture to help heal faster after recovery. That's what I was thinking. Like, what if they had a facelift yes, or something like that? but if you had a facelift or some type of cosmetic procedure, not so much that you would do facial acupuncture necessarily, but acupuncture in general would be a good thing hmm. to do. And you could do, depending on what procedure needles in and around or near to help promote healing because that's one of the things that acupuncture does really well is post-surgical care and promoting healing and things like that okay i really like that so i did want to talk about the needles Mm -hmm. i wanted to know kind of like i'm sure this depends on what you're treating Mm -hmm. but approximately just a rough estimate like how many needles are going into the face yeah that really does vary by a couple of things i'll explain there are some techniques Call like one out there is called Maisen, where they put at minimum a hundred needles in your face. Very tiny needles, but they put, and those are the pictures you will see on. I saw that I think on Goop's like, podcast. I yes. mean, her show yes. was like, I was like, whoa, we're <laughs> right. doing that today. I don't know. <laughs> right. So that's a style, and then there's other styles that will use. I don't know, maybe six or eight needles. There's, you know, and it can really vary, and it depends. And that's one of the things that like I always suggest if you want to do anything cosmetic really regardless the type of thing you need to meet who you're going to get the treatment from like often we'll say don't go the first time and like you know ask for a consult and talk to them find out what they do what their technique is how they would do it so that you feel like it fits who you are and what you want yeah because there are many ways to do this i would want like a test needle (laughs) yeah you could i mean i've done that sometimes have you well yeah especially when by people who are really afraid like i'll pull the needle out i'll let them look at it and touch it and see it yeah you know and i'll say here this is kind of what it'll look like and you can test and Mm -hmm. do one in their hand or in their leg or something like that so that they feel more comfortable that kind of thing yeah but also it depends on your skin and what you have going on so if you're dealing with like you know crow's feet and you know forehead wrinkles and you want to also treat the frown line the nasal labial fold and the chin and the this and and you have then you're going to have a lot more needles you know because if you've got a list this long of all the areas you want to fix then you're going to have a lot of needles in your face if you're really only concerned about like i have some women who do it where they have a scar on their face and they really just want to treat the scar it's very good scar therapy yeah okay acupuncture is really good scar therapy to help you know break it underneath because scars get adhesions underneath on the inside of your skin and on the face because it's not in a very thick area sometimes they can be really tight and you can't move their skin really well right and so that helps loosen that soften that i noticed you said i had a scar right on my forehead and you went right for for it it. (laughs) yeah you went right for (laughs) it (laughs) because you know that kind of or acne scarring or different things like that you can you know that's one thing you might just do an area 
you know, sometimes. I'm so glad you mentioned that. So this is good for mm-hmm. acneic clients yes. and the scarring. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's very good for, you know, even if you're still getting breakouts, you can, you know, you're not going to go in necessarily the actual acne and things like that, but you can go around it and do things to help heal the deep cystic type acne so that when you're like, I've okay. had some patients who have some very serious types of acne where we do it, like kind of, it doesn't seem to make sense. It's kind of very outside of it, but the idea is to help move the lymph and help things start to drain mm-hmm. a little bit better and that kind of stuff. What about like rosacea? Rosacea and all types of like eczema, psoriasis, all those kinds of skins. You do have to be careful. It's, it's a different way of treating them. But I often, if they're coming to me with those things, I want to treat on the inside. Why are you getting eczema? Dermatology in Chinese medicine is a huge category and we treat all kinds of things. And I've always really liked it. It's just been something that's why I do this all the time. I've always been fascinated with dermatology. I did a few rounds in hospitals in China and I went to true dermatology wards with people with some serious skin conditions that you'd never see really in the US. And it was fascinating to me. And so when people have a more serious sort of eczema or psoriasis or whatnot, it's a different approach. It's not really just doing cosmetic acupuncture. It's getting in there and saying like, well, let's talk about how we can treat this. Did you see them have good results? Oh, yeah, definitely. That would be amazing. In the US, you just, my experience is you get a lot of dermatologists prescribing the same Same thing. thing. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work, you know, it's too harsh on their skin. And Yes. Yeah, and we split a more hairs, so to speak, on why someone gets eczema, for example, and the types of, you know, is it wet eczema, is it dry eczema, why, you know, is it on the elbows, is it on the face? Like, we look at all those little sort of tiny details, and that all means something to us. So we tend to do better, I think, in many ways with it, you know, or at least as a good adjunct to help people maintain and treat it. Now, when you are treating these conditions, whether it be acneic rosacea or anti-aging or Mm -hmm. aging. So how often should someone get this procedure and how long does it take per session? Yeah, that is always probably the first question everybody asks. How many, how much? How much is this going to cost and how much of my time is this going to take? Yeah. And I tell people, so usually if you're trying to address something particular on your face, it probably takes at least four treatments to see for the person themselves a bigger change. That's not a lot. It's not a lot. You know, you, like your friends, your spouse, your, you know, might see results faster, but often we're the last ones to see the change on our faces and things like that. So, and I always tell people too, your own personal vanity level is a factor (laughs) in the sense of, you know, like some women, a little bit of a change and they are ecstatic. Some women like are super Pacific and they want it perfect until they're happy. And so that's going to take more treatment. Right. But in general, I say anywhere from four to six is a good sort of starting point to budget or think about and then kind of go from there. But what's more important, and I think the thing that people forget more than anything, that is the maintenance idea. Mm. Because we are aging every day. We are under the forces of gravity every day. And we are, you know, yes, exactly. (laughs) So once you get a desired result, and this is really why, like in East Asia, they get this concept deeply. They are constantly preventing and looking at the sort of the aging process and stuff. And they're constantly doing different sort of treatments. I may have thinking in my own past, my mom was worked in the fashion business. So she was very conscious of all this stuff. And I mean, the first time she took me to an esthetician, I was 13. And it was just always like, you just got to take care of yourself. And so I grew up this way yeah. as well. So I get that. And so this is the idea is like, once you invest in doing this type of procedure, or any procedure for that matter, you really want to look at so like, how does your skin age? So like you'll see things like some people's results will last six or eight months. 
my answer usually to them is, is like, well, how's your stress level been? How's your diet been? Like if you're living a healthier life and you're taking good care of yourself, you may have years of a good result type of thing. Right. But beyond that, more importantly, I always tell people if, you know, you should do some kind of maintenance every year, you know, one or two treatments a year is not a bad idea to Hmm. keep your results going a little bit longer. I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. Now, when you say like four to six treatments, oh, yeah, the time frequency. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah, is about that like twice a usually, week? Or it depends, to- but usually it's one to two times a week. One to two times yeah, a week. Yeah, okay. it depends on like how complicated or how much you're trying to accomplish. The younger your skin, probably would be more the once a week kind of thing. You know, the older you are, you know, the more you have kind of going on. It's usually twice a week. And are we looking like 45 minutes here, 35? What do you think? In and out the door, it's probably about an hour. You know, as far, yeah, it's not a long procedure. I mean, unless, you know, unless you're really doing something unusual, but more or less, it's not a long, complicated thing. It's simple as far as time, but yeah, it's it's easy. No, and honestly, I feel like within the hour, you're also getting your stress level down. So it's that wellness time for yourself. Mm -hmm. You're forcing yourself to just rest for an hour. Many of the points on the face coincidentally are stress points you know things that you would do in a traditional acupuncture treatment because they're stressed out (laughs) so yeah so you do tend to get very relaxed you know when we did this procedure i was like oh it feels good just to lay down here (laughs) you know we didn't have to do the procedure like Like, i just needed to lay down yeah i didn't realize how much i needed this Mm -hmm. little time for myself absolutely so well i know people are going to really ask me this Mm -hmm. what are the different like why should i do facial acupuncture over microneedling Two different procedures, but basically like first cousins. So I joke and it's kind of true, but it's kind of a joke. Microneedling is like acupuncture, is acupuncture, but it's someone said, hmm, let's put a power tool to this and do it. And so it's a more aggressive treatment. So typically microneedling is more for you need or desire a more dramatic change faster. So microneedling is going to do much more for hyperpigmentation and sort of like evening of skin tone, changing of sort of acne scars, fine lines, wrinkles and whatnot. So typically in Asia, you would would have thought facial acupuncture is done at a younger age and started very early because your skin is young. And, you know, your aging is on that sort of curve. And microneedling would be something that more women would do there probably at an older age, you know, in their late 30s or 40s is where they would start that kind of thing because they had already done all this sort of other work previously. But that's the major difference. It is microneedling is absolutely acupuncture. Those are acupuncture needles at the end. It's just much more aggressive. That is truly a procedure. You have to numb the face. Yeah, you're going to have two to three days of very red face. You're not going to have downtime like a laser or a peel, like not that kind of downtime, but you're going to be very red, like sunburn looking for at least two to three days. Sounds like facial acupuncture is great for people who are, who don't want that level of treatment. They're like, oh, it's a little much for me and I've got a, right. Facial I've ac- got a business trip or something. I don't. Correct. I can't afford that downtime. So let me do the facial right. acupuncture. And facial acupuncture, like a lot of my clients that do microneedling, they do as maintenance in between facial acupuncture. Like they'll do their series of microneedling, and then throughout the couple of years between, they do the series of microneedling. They'll do the facial acupuncture to maintain themselves. They'll use that as maintenance instead. Okay. The other thing too about microneedling and facial acupuncture, which is really nice, it can be done on any skin tone. 
any color. And there are very few skin procedures that you can actually Absolutely. do on any skin tone. Yeah. So you have a wider audience. You have more. You don't have that limit of the hypopigmentation occurring. Yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. that's also nice too, because it does, it has more variety what you can do with it. So can you do this in combination with hydrofacials, peels, skin Abs- pen? Absolutely. So I would say it's a good thing to put in your wheelhouse. Like, so like, let's say this year you decided this is my year. I'm going to take care of my skin. I'm going to do all these things. <laughs> I'm going to do all the things I see. So like, if you figured out with like your esthetician, okay, I want to do this many hydrofacials and I'm doing this kind of series. So you could do, and I say this true even with traditional acupuncture, you know, and massage when people ask like, you know, what should I do? I always am a big fan of having it spread out over time, meaning so that you're, if you're doing a hydrofacial, let's say, once a month. You don't want to do the facial acupuncture. I mean, you can, it's nothing wrong with it, but ideally you wouldn't want to do, let's say in the first week of the month, you're doing a hydrofacial every month for the next four months. You could do the acupuncture facial like in the sec, in the third or the fourth so that every, cause you have a 28 day skin cycle. So at every phase you're getting some kind of treatment to your hmm. skin cycle. And so your skin's getting treated at some point continuously to motivate I that love collagen that. boost, that kind of thing. That's what? kind of my ideal what a great combination. Mm-hmm. They work really well together, those kinds of treatments. That's what's nice because acupuncture facial is not very aggressive. It's very gentle. Right. So when you add it in as an addendum to what you're doing, if you're doing more aggressive procedures, it works really well. I was about to say, is there anything that you should not do before getting a treatment, like stop using retinoids a week prior or anything like that? But if you're getting the peels and things like that, you're saying like, wait a couple weeks. Right. Yeah. You want to wait a couple weeks. Like I'll tell people like, I get this a lot too. They're like, I just, I did Botox like last week. You can't not do it mm-hmm. if you just got Botox, for example, but you also want the, I mean, Good it's going to fix it. <laughs> so And fillers. So, right. Botox and fillers and things like that. So those are not natural to the face. And everything you're doing with acupuncture is trying to fix and heal. So like you would okay. not want to do it right after. You'd want some time in between because it's going to try to tell the body to process those things out faster. Could you do it before? You could absolutely do it before to prep. To Absol- prep yeah, it. Yeah, okay. you could. I'm so glad you mentioned mm-hmm. that, especially with the fillers and Botox. Yes, because it's going to try to, like, if you typically, I don't know, just for easy math, let's say your Botox lasts you three months every time. But if you start doing the acupuncture facials, it'll start to work it out faster. So you might only get a result for, like, you know, two and oh, really? a quarter months. Yeah, because it's going to try to fix it, like, oh, make it natural, heal. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that like, is a good point. Right, yeah. Because so, Botox is expensive. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you'd want some time between them. Between the two. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just with my experience, it seems like, I can easily just go back to work after this. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like there was any downtime at all. And tonight, can I do my regular yeah. skin routine? Can I use my retinol tonight? Am I yeah. okay to use everything? Yeah, you're okay to use everything. And in fact, you definitely want to kind of you do everything. Like don't like on the day you do it because if you think about it, you know the skin is a barrier. So only so much product gets absorbed. How much so much stuff happens on a regular basis? Right. So the day you do an acupuncture facial is a really good day to go home and do the whole procedure. Oh. Oh, really? Okay. Do give yourself the steam, you know, shower and the mask and okay. the whatever that you want to do because you actually have, you know, you've brought all this blood and attention to the face. Okay. So that would be a good thing. So you're to getting the most benefit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or go see your local esthetician. Uh, the, that would be even better. <laughs> just skip the peels, but just right. get your normal facial, facial. and yes. pl- just, you'll just be the plump five-year-old the next morning. Yes. Going away. Absolutely. <laughs> just yeah, like so absolutely. And I think a lot of people overlook the value of just a facial quote unquote that like, 
like it's not a treatment, but there's a lot of cleaning. Oh, you're dealing with yeah. the lymph drainage mm-hmm. and the facial massage I, yeah, and everything I think, going. Yeah, I think everyone wants a treatment, so to speak, right. but they overlook the benefit of just a facial. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. It makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Well, we actually have a question from the audience and I wanted to ask you, Natasha asks, are there other things that the acupuncture does, like maybe the correlation of meridian lines and specific acupuncture points helping with giving that natural facelift? Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who don't know, we refer to acupuncture points being on meridians and meridians are sort of highway systems. And the way I like to describe it is kind of like acupuncture points are like truck stops. Some points don't have enough gas at that gas station and some need, you know, have too much gas. So acupuncture points kind of regulate the tension. So depending on what you see on someone's face and where you have to needle, it is, it it does connect to an organ system inside the body and it does show for us kind of what's going on in there. Mm -hmm. And so by treating that, you are actually helping the whole system like that. And you are on the face. There are meridian lines and mostly they're you're dealing with things like stomach urinary bladder gallbladder spleen pan- well, which is really spleen pancreas together that kind of stuff you're dealing with kind of more common digestive aspects of it but there are hormonal aspects and different things like that so yeah you're definitely dealing with all that on the face Okay. I love that. That's like we covered a lot. (laughs) I know. I know. Is there anything else you'd like to share about facial acupuncture? I would say like it's actually something that I think most women should try in the sense of even if you're afraid of needles, don't overlook of what it can do. You know, put these kinds of ideas into your, I mean, there's a reason why you see all the famous people doing these things because they really do make a difference. And the most part that I like most about it is it's really about bringing out your natural beauty and kind of the way you look on the inside to your face. And so you get a nice glow, your skin looks more sort of healthy and robust. And that's really important, I think, for us as, you know, men and women, because I would say when I was early in my practice, I never really treated a lot of men, but now I treat pretty, a lot of men, actually. Well, you get your glow, like after the first session. Am I just a bright light over here glowing? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And it's nice. I think it's good to see people just being a little bit more proactive about this because, you know, your face is what everybody sees every day and what you put out into the world. So you should, you know, doing things like this to treat yourself on the inside and the outside is kind of fun and nice and feels good. Yeah, I agree. We underestimate the power of that. I agree with all of that. I just love learning about this. I also, who doesn't want to know what Dr. Marina is having for lunch? I mean, I do. I want to know. Yes. Okay. So I'm really boring though. Typically, that I'm... is like <laughs> farthest from the truth. No, it as just far listen as lunch. To, I think. Oh, as far as, <laughs> yeah, as, far as no, that's not lunch. true either. I've gone out with you to eat many yeah, times. No, it's it's, if I'm going yeah, out, I'm definitely yeah. going to eat more fun. But typically in the office, I bring kind of the same kind of thing. <laughs> I'm a big sort of like kind of lunchbox girl, so to speak. So I tend to do very simple sandwiches, or uh, I do a lot of uh, baked potatoes with broccoli on it, and that's kind of what I eat for lunch. Okay, well, like what's a- the fun, yummy recipe? You said you had something on oh, your website, so too. Oh, sorry. So when I was thinking about this, is about like what, this is not necessarily a lunch thing, but I always like, because of part of what we do is about the inside out. And one of the big things for having better skin, and I think a lot of people underestimate, is this idea you hear about probiotics everywhere. Oh, yeah. And how important they are and all that kind of stuff, because it helps with your digestion and having a healthier gut. So one of the, my healthy recipe suggestion is actually making your own yogurt. Okay. Has billions upon billions of good probiotic. So being a mom and I have no time and yogurt can be kind of 
labor intensive if you do dairy. Then I started thinking about, well, how could I make something simple, easy, but also anti-inflammatory and whatnot. Mm. So I figured out by tinkering this idea of making it with coconut milk. And it's the easiest, simplest thing in the world. And it's really, really good for you. And you can use it like substituted as mayonnaise and a sandwich. I do that a lot. Oh, I love that. Or you can put it in a chicken salad or in a smoothie Mm -hmm. or however you want to play with it. You know, that kind of stuff. It has a little. So you get a can of coconut milk. If you like thicker yogurt, like Greek style, put the can in the fridge and take and let it get really cold. And the water will come to the top and you can pour the water out and you'll just have the coconut cream. Full fat, low fat, whatever you want. doesn't matter. And then if you like more like a French style yogurt, don't bother taking the water out. Leave. It'll be more creamy or more liquidy. And basically you get like, I prefer a mason jar, an airtight glass container. You put the can in the glass container and you get a capsule of a probiotic that you like. And you open up the capsule and you put that in there and you stir it together, close it up, put it on your kitchen counter, maybe put a couple towels on it, let it sit there for like 18 hours, 24 hours. The longer it sits, the more sour it gets. So it depends on what you like. And there you go. You that's have, it? That's it. So I got to Oh my do. gosh. And it's super simple. Is it, you just add like blueberries you or can, anything? You can eat it straight like a yogurt and right. you like blueberries or you can cook with it. I mean, it's fresh, so it's the healthiest. It'll probably last in your fridge three to five days, depending, but it will never last that long because you'll really be surprised at how much you like it. And if it tastes funny... I'm going to try this. Yeah. If it tastes funny, it's probably the probiotic, not the yogurt, in the sense of you may not have gotten a probiotic that may have a filler or something weird in it. Try a different brand. On your website, do you have your preferred probiotic that you like? Yeah. The one I like the most to make this particular as a food is Orthobiotic does a probiotic that's in a powder form, so you can just take a scoop. Yeah, you can see that on my Well, website. we will link that yes. in the show yes. notes. Because so give, be... it gives the tastiest yogurt. That's yeah, because why we have to do all this research? Yeah, We've yeah, already no, done no, it. Totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll link it in the show notes. And mm-hmm. guys, you can just go straight to Dr. Marina's website and learn all you know a lot more about facial acupuncture and the yummiest yogurt that you've ever tried. It really and, is good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. Thank you, Dr. Marina. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for listening and a reminder to please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to make sure you are getting all the episodes. And also, if you would please, please rate and review us. You can be a part of our community through our VIP private Facebook group for women entrepreneurs and those beauty mavens. Search Lindsay Holder Small Biz and Beauty on Facebook, and we cannot wait to keep the conversation going on over there.